And now, America's number one show on pop culture and politics. This is the Michael Medved Show. And another great day in this greatest nation on God's green earth. A great day when the revelations, shocking revelations, about the 10 classified documents found in an abandoned office of the Penn Biden Center, which is not at the University of Pennsylvania or in Delaware, it's in Washington, D.C. They were found in a locked closet there and OMG, shaking up the entire world. I actually think it's a very, very good thing that these papers were found, and I'll tell you why. Because it's going to force the American media and the American political class on both sides, on all sides, to maybe refocus on things that matter to the country. I mean, things that are important to the way we live our lives, like the economy and battling inflation, dealing with crime in the streets, doing something to fix our education system, doing something to fix our immigration system. uh, Let me just uh, give a humble plea here, which is that uh, the question of classified documents that ended up in Trump's residence in Mar-a-Lago or that ended up in a closet at Biden's think tank that was short-lived after he left the vice presidency, these are not, repeat, not earth-shaking revelations. There's no evidence on any side that either Donald Trump or Joe Biden uh, deliberately took those classified documents in order to misuse them or abuse them. We will get to that issue. Uh, We will also be speaking with uh, two leading academics. They're both professors of history at Princeton. We're going to be talking to Julian Zelizer, who has co-written a book with Kevin Cruz, again, both Princeton professors, called Myth America. And no, that's not somebody with the lisp talking about a beauty contest. It's myth, uh, as in the myths that America has believed to our detriment. And they claim that most of the myths that uh, need to be debunked are right-wing myths. So we will be engaging them uh, coming up on the Michael Medved Show. There's also a terrifying charge about abusing animals, barnyard animals, to be used in espionage. Where? In the Palestinian Authority. This is a very grave charge, and we will get to the claim that cows are being taught to spy. And then uh, all kinds of controversy about physicians uh, issuing statements backing drug options for kids to battle obesity. Is that appropriate or is that the government intruding uh, again and uh, big establishments like the medical establishments intruding in Americans and uh, the way that we live our lives? 1-800-955-1776. And uh, one of the races that is going to be crucial for determining the future of the U.S. Senate is uh, heating up already, and this is a race for 2024. Uh, we will get to that as well. But but first of all, of all in this question about the, the new papers, the, there are 10 documents. Some people say there may have actually been as many as 12, Be Still My Heart, 
that were found, many of them were briefings that had been prepared for the vice president. They were classified. Uh, they were above the level of top secret. And uh, the question is, uh, should this lead to a major new investigation? There was a CNN source that uh, came forward to try to uh, give a timeline on how this stunning, shocking, earth-shaking revelation... By the way, I'm being sarcastic. I, I'm, I'm being um, trying to mock, I think, some of the overreaction, just as there was overreaction to the Trump case, there's overreaction to this case. And uh, here is CNN giving you the TikTok on the latest stunning revelations. Here he is. As clearly as we can about what we do know and what we don't know. Uh, in terms of what was discovered. Your reporting is the search of a private office, lawyers involved because the former vice president, now president, knew there was sensitive family materials in there. He wanted somebody sensitive looking at them. They come across an envelope, open it up, and... So, by and large, I think we have to underscore 98, 99% of what is found in this office is absolutely personal Biden material, including things like... Uh, the arrangements for his son Bo's uh, funeral, condolence letters. But what happens is, as they're going through the boxes, the lawyer who is doing it for, because these were confidential family materials, opens a box and there is a plain manila envelope that says it's stamped VP personal. So maybe that's how this all happened. When it got packed up, someone thought it was personal. The lawyer opens the envelope, and there is something that says classified right there. He closes the envelope. Houston, we have a problem. He makes the appropriate calls. He says to the National Archives, come and get it. What we know is that when they go through, there were about three or four boxes that uh, did not appear once they started going through them to have just personal things. And what they find a number of records that are unclassified but fall under the Presidential Records Act. And then they find 10 documents that are classified. And what my source says is they include intelligence memos, national security memos, background briefing memos that cover areas from Iran, Ukraine, and the UK. Okay, and let's stipulate that all of these are from the Obama era. It was during the time that he received those memos, Vice President Biden, that he was vice president. He left the vice presidency and uh, entered private life in 2017, in January. And that was the beginning of the Trump administration. In, in any event, the uh, idea that all of this represents a a shattering revelation it's embarrassing to the president there's no doubt about it and uh i i seems that the white house has been trying to get out ahead of the story uh but the the impact of this is going to be that everybody compares it to what was happened with trump at mar-a-lago and uh, one of the questions that people ask is uh, like uh, the uh, kevin mccarthy asked uh, why wasn't uh, there some kind of subpoena sending the FBI crashing in? Because and the answer is 
because there was no background of someone seeing missing memoranda as the National Archives did. They had missing materials. They asked the Trump uh, uh, team in Mar-a-Lago to return those materials to give them to the National Archive where they belong. They refused. There's nothing like that. How did the files get there? Uh, this is um, um, what, uh, what it says about Trump. As President, Mr. Trump is said to have periodically taken records from the Oval Office to the residential areas of the White House. That sounds shocking? No, it does not. It sounds normal and routine and irresponsible. Uh, during the chaos of his last days in office, as he sought to cling to power, those files were apparently packed up with personal items like clothing and mementos and shipped to Mar-a-Lago. It is not yet known how records from the Obama administration wound up in the Penn-Biden Center. On Tuesday, Mr. Biden said that he took classified information seriously and that he was surprised to learn that there were any government records there that were taken to his office. How did the problems come to light? In the case of Mr. Trump, the National Archives in the spring of 2021 realized that historically prominent files were missing and asked Mr. Trump to return them. The agency eventually retrieved 15 boxes and found that they included documents with classification markings. The Justice Department retrieved additional records after issuing a subpoena, but it developed evidence that Mr. Trump still had more. Uh, again, this involvement on all sides and treating this as a crisis seems to me groundless coming up. Makes no sense. The Michael Medved Show. There seems to be a little bit of appropriate sensitivity on the part of mainstream media, what people call legacy media, to uh, uh, the trap of uh, basically saying, oh, the Biden uh, classified documents are nothing. It was only 10 documents. The Biden attorneys actually notified the National Archives. They returned it right away. It's completely different between uh, that kind of line and then taking this very seriously. The Biden administration and the Justice Department have referred this uh, to uh, for investigation and for analysis uh, because it isn't nothing, but it ought to be less than it is. I mean, treating both this and the Trump issue uh, it, it seems to me is a, a terrible mistake. And in every sense, what it does is it gives attention to something that is insignificant in both cases and takes away from significant and meaningful investigations uh, or not just investigations, but considerations of some of the problems we face as a country. In other words, <laughs> Every ounce of brain space that we take up thinking about 10 classified documents that were vice presidential briefings, given the fact that the vice presidency is such a wildly unimportant office, it was one that was described by a two-term vice president, John Nance Garner. He said the vice presidency isn't worth a bucket of warm spit. He actually didn't say spit. He said the other word that sounds like spit. 
but uh, <laughs> but history has re- reminded as a bucket of warm spit. In any event, if a vice president himself says that, and you're now talking about vice presidential briefings, uh, the the question here is how does this threaten the United States? I know we have to have security. I know we have to be careful about it. But this even goes to those Trump documents. There's every kind of indication that the Trump staff and the Trump team was sloppy. They were reckless. They were irresponsible. They were incompetent. Hello? This has been recognized by, by the people who were on that staff. There's so many books about President Trump and working with President Trump. Like John Bolton's book. I wonder how his presidential campaign is coming. John Bolton's book, uh, The Room Where It Happened, uh, where he talks about just the sloppiness of the Trump administration. It, it was there. And by the way, it was obviously there with the Biden administration. If somehow these papers got mixed up with the personal mementos and the questions about the funeral about Bo Biden, which you hear about, okay, it happens there's incompetence, uh, and and it's appropriate that this has now been submitted to the attorney general who has recognized that he is not the right person to investigate Joe Biden, and he turned it over to a Trump-appointed judge. And uh, again, can we basically recognize that even when it comes to President Trump and you have questions about what he did on January 6th, and you have questions uh, uh, which really did have consequences, and you have questions about him trying to override an election by getting the Secretary of State to Georgia to find, in quotes, to find 12,000 extra votes, uh, which is actually a lot of votes to find. You won't usually find that just stuffed in a, in a couch somewhere. And, and all of that significant enough. You want to investigate Trump? You want to uh, actually see some things they might have actually done that were illegal? His uh, former chief financial officer for Trump companies, Alan Wesselberg, has been sentenced to five months in prison. And that's after he cooperated with uh, the prosecutors. And there continue to be questions about Trump's taxes and his business dealings. And uh, However, the focus on uh, Mar-a-Lago is one that doesn't help the Democrats. And uh, basically the overreaction by so many people to uh, what uh, was just found at the Biden Center, the Biden-Penn Center, is, is the same thing for Republicans. Uh, the, uh, the question is, what were the files? In Mr. Trump's case, This is the New York Times. Several hundred government files marked as classified, along with thousands of unclassified documents and photos, ended up at his Florida club and residence, Mar-a-Lago, after he left office. Somewhere in cartons in a locked storage closet, and the FBI discovered others in Mr. Trump's office, including in his desk, according to court filings. In Mr. Biden's case, the White House said in a statement, that a small number of documents with classified markings were discovered in a locked closet at an office at a Washington think tank, the Penn-Biden Center. It added that Mr. Biden had uh, periodically used the space after leaving the vice presidency 
in 2017 until he began his bid for the 2020 presidency. As um, uh, I mean, uh, okay, is this deeply significant? Significant enough that Karl Rove, a former chief strategist for President Bush, a very prominent Republican thought leader and a pundit, uh, took out a whiteboard to explain why he chooses to take the Trump uh, case far more seriously than the Biden case. Listen. Well, there are differences, but you can't make this stuff up. But there are differences. For example, how many documents? In Biden's case, there appear to be about 10. In the case of President Trump, hundreds. How did they get there? We don't yet know how the documents got to the Biden uh, office connected with his activities on behalf of the University of Pennsylvania. We know that President Trump ordered the removal of the documents to Mar-a-Lago. How responsive were they when the, when, when the Biden people found out about it? They called immediately, called the appropriate authorities and turned them over. We spent a year and a half watching the drama unfold in Mar-a-Lago, and it had to end in a, a police search to recover the documents. But still, despite the differences, this is going to create lots of headaches for the Department of Justice in deciding how to handle President Trump's issues, because now they have an issue that, in, at least in the minds of a lot of ordinary Americans, are going to be conflated as being roughly the same. Yep. That's why I think they did a smart thing in turning this over to the U.S. attorney in Chicago to look at initially, because that's the one of the two remaining Trump U.S. Uh, Trump appointed U.S. attorneys left in the in the Justice Department. Uh, that in the Delaware who. The Delaware U.S. attorney is looking into Hunter Biden, but uh, this this strikes me as being very problematic for the mm -hmm. for the Biden justice. So this is okay. This sure it is. And uh, look, uh, uh, President Trump was furious at Carl uh, uh, Rove's comments, but they seem to me reasonably judicious. Uh, we um, uh, also should take a look at the new House panel which is a panel to review government bias. It's to review what uh, Kevin McCarthy calls the weaponization of government, which sounds absolutely terrible, especially if you're weaponized against one side only. We will get to that and more coming up on The Medved. show uh, the uh, story in the New York Times front page says House approves panel to review government bias a divided house voted on Tuesday to launch a wide-ranging investigation into federal law enforcement and national security agencies as Republicans promised to use their new power in Congress to scrutinize what they said was a concerted effort by the government to silence and punish conservatives at all levels okay why should the House be divided over that. In other words, if there are credible charges, and there have been, why shouldn't they be investigated? We will get to that in a moment. Let me go first to Michael in uh, Renton, Washington. Michael, you're on the Medved Show. Hey, Mike, I just want to correct that talking point you keep bringing up about uh, Trump asking the governor to find not the governor, the Secretary of, of State. I listened to the conversation myself, and it's in the within the first two minutes of that phone call where he says Trump is saying something to the effect 
my experts are telling me that there's, I don't know, 300,000 fraudulent votes, whatever the number was. I just need you to find 20,000 or whatever number he said. He's not saying I need you to find 20,000. Okay, it was 11,000. I'm not asking you it to was... find all of them. I just need you to find 12,000 of them or 20,000. Listen, I'm really glad you brought this up because here is exactly what that passage sounded like, and then you can withdraw your objection. Just listen carefully, and I'll let you respond after it's over. Here we go. What I want to do is this. I just want to find uh, 11,780 votes, which is one more than we have, because we won the state. Mr. Secretary. Okay, uh, that's um, pretty clear and pretty similar to the way I characterized it, isn't it? Where, where's the part where he tells the, the governor, which is in the first couple minutes, that my experts are saying that that there's X number of fraudulent votes. I just need you to find 12,000. Okay, the the point over Play the full context, but, and then it explains okay, but, the whole conversation. How does the how does it explain the whole conversation when he says he has number one his experts and everybody who has looked at this and all the recounts they've done before in in uh, Georgia had indicated that not to be true. Uh, obviously, the context is that he believes he won the state of Georgia. And the problem with it is, if he is the president of the United States, is he trying to say, uh, when, when he says, I need you to find these votes, the question is what, what he means. And what he is not clear about at all is saying, well, I need this extra information here, or I need this uh, one uh, a precinct looked at in particular. It's none of that. It's basically results-based. And he says, and I need just one more than the margin for the other side. So the interest here for President Trump is not simply on finding the truth and finding out about what other people had said about the election. It's trying to influence the chief uh, voting enforcement officer in the state of Georgia, who was just reelected, I'm proud to say, and reelected in a landslide, Brad Raffensperger. And uh, again, there is no way that you can take even that little segment of the conversation and try to contextualize it and make it sound appropriate. And by the way, that's going to be uh, an object in court because uh, they are still proceeding with that investigation of Trump's efforts to overturn the election results. Uh, President Biden had this to say when he was responding to the classified documents. And and again, there's no way that this looks good for Biden. Uh, but I do think that the impact of all of this is going to be to tire Americans uh, of the investigations of missing papers or inappropriate papers or classified papers for Trump and for Biden. Here's President Biden's comments yesterday. People know I take classified uh, documents and classified information seriously. I was briefed about this discovery and surprised to learn that there were any government records that were taken there to that office. But I don't know what's in the documents. I've, my lawyers have not suggested I ask what documents they were. And we're cooperating fully, cooperating fully 
with the review and which I hope will be finished soon and uh, there'll be more detail at that time. Uh, okay, there have been more details and will be more to come. The uh, story about the vote in Congress, uh, it says a divided House voted yesterday to launch a wide-ranging investigation into federal law enforcement and national security agencies as Republicans promised to use their new power in Congress to scrutinize what they said was a concerted effort by the government to silence and punish conservatives at all levels, from protesters at school board meetings to former President Donald J. Trump. On a party-line vote of 221 to 211, with all Democrats opposed, which is a shame, the House approved the formation of the Select Subcommittee on the Weaponization of the Federal Government, which is to be chaired by Representative Jim Jordan, Republican of Ohio, the incoming chairman of the Judiciary Committee and a staunch ally of Mr. Trump. Mr. Jordan, who was deeply involved in Mr. Trump's efforts to overturn the 2020 presidential election, has for months been investigating what he says is a bias in federal law enforcement against conservatives. Now that Republicans have the majority, he plans to use the gavel and his subpoena power to escalate and expand that inquiry, including searching for evidence that federal workers have become politicized and demanding documents about ongoing criminal investigations. In a floor speech, Mr. Jordan said that his goal was not to target Democrats or law enforcement officers who have uh, scrutinized Mr. Trump's behavior. He said his interest was uh, merely in protecting the First Amendment at a time that he thought that the right was being unfairly targeted. We don't want to go after anyone, he said. We just want it to stop. Uh, Okay. Uh, Again, the idea that all Democrats voted against it, uh, and this may be the only excuse for voting against it, would be that for this to be one of the top priorities for the Republicans in the House, uh, will that have a profound influence on the election of 2024? It might, if they find something that indicates that at the highest level. But then again, when you talk about the highest level, what they're investigating is what went on while Trump was president of the United States. And by the way, during uh, a great deal of that presidency, half of it, the Republicans controlled the House, the Senate, and the White House. So to talk about the uh, deep state, the swamp, the idea that there were all these uh, uh, individuals and institutions like the FBI who were working under a Trump-appointed FBI director, uh, Christopher Wray, who is still there, by the way, uh, that, that all of this was going on while Trump was president, and... The notion that now that they control one of the three uh, big legislative executive branches, in other words, right now, Democrats still control the Senate. They still control or they now control the White House. If during the Trump administration there was uh, anti-conservative prosecution and anti-conservative bias and uh, partisan weaponization – on the part of federal government agencies, then doesn't that say something about the Trump administration? That during the four years that he was in charge of the federal government, 
in charge of hiring and firing and uh, special investigations through the Justice Department or elsewhere. It's only now with Democrats back in power that uh, they're actually going to go after this uh, suspicion. Uh, We will get to more. Uh, Obese kids, is it the business of government? Coming up on The Medved Show. This is going to be a little bit provocative. The Michael Medved Show. I hear a lot of hate coming from chump jobs like yourself. Michael Medved. And on the Michael Medved Show, uh, NBC News has just announced that they have discovered that there are more classified documents. In fact, maybe even more piles of classified documents that have been uh, located in the possession of the, uh, I believe it's possession of the Penn uh, Biden Center, Biden Penn Center from the office at the University of Pennsylvania that he used after he was vice president. But um, no comment from the White House as yet. It does seem to me that the uh, one of the things that is happening, and it's a healthy impulse, it's an appropriate reflex, is that uh, organizations like NBC that have been extremely harsh to President Trump are trying to look at least a little bit tough on Joe Biden by bringing this out and treating it as the top of the news. More top of the news for most people because people deal with this in in real life and in the daily life that means more to us usually than political jockeying and the announcements of new candidates for Senate in Missouri and California and elsewhere. But uh, there is this. The American Academy of Pediatrics for the first time recommended that physicians offer weight loss drugs for children with obesity, aiming to take early action against an increasingly common condition linked to a host of health problems. Children 12 or older who are obese should be offered medications for weight loss alongside lifestyle and behavioral counseling, according to guidelines published this week by the largest professional association of pediatricians in the U.S. The association also recommended that doctors offer to refer severely obese children, 13 or older, to surgeons to assess whether they would be good candidates for bariatric surgery. It said that uh, pediatricians should screen obese children for high cholesterol, diabetes, and hypertension. I, I have no idea what the data reveals about the success of bariatric surgery on kids, but on adults, it's... it's not always successful, and it's serious surgery. The guidance is more aggressive than previous recommendations. The American Academy of Pediatrics published in 2007. It focuses on intensively treating obesity immediately rather than in stages, said uh, Sarah Hampy, a lead author of the guidelines and a pediatrician at Children's Mercy, Kansas City in Kansas City, Missouri. Uh, obesity, what we know now, she said, is that obesity is a chronic disease in children and adolescents, she said. A treatment should be started early and at the highest available intensity. Obesity is on the rise 
in the U.S., about a fifth of children in the U.S. are considered obese. Uh, and it's a third of children uh, who are considered either obese or overweight. And the difference being that obesity, obese is a very serious medical problem, o overweight, not necessarily. Uh, the um, rate of increase in body mass index, a screening tool doctors use to detect excess body fat, more than doubled among young children and adolescents during the pandemic. Why? Well, because they got out less. A lot of them weren't going to school. A lot of them weren't exercising. And what do you do if you are sitting home trying to be in touch with your classwork on Zoom? Well, you watch TV, you play video games, and you eat. And not always the best thing. Sustained weight loss is difficult to achieve, says the Wall Street Journal, because so many factors affect it. Genetics, limited access to healthy food in some places, and the promotion of unhealthy foods are among factors that can contribute to obesity. There's another piece over at Fox News, and it's a terrific piece. I actually hope we can have the author on. Her name is uh, Dr. Nicole Safir, and uh, she has a piece under the heading, I'm a mom and a physician. Fat-shaming fears are putting our kids in danger. And what she's talking about is right now a lot of people are against even talking about obesity or weight problems because it may make people feel insecure, particularly children. Uh, she says the term fat-shaming was born over the last decade that led to many physicians too afraid to have honest discussions about weight with parents. Doctors have been told to refrain from using words such as overweight and obese, widely accepted medical terms, and to instead replace them with phrases like above a healthy weight in an effort not to make someone feel bad about excess weight. The American Academy of Pediatrics, too, stressed the importance of using sensitive and non-stigmatizing language when discussing weight, focusing more on the stigma of being overweight than the medical urgency of it. Mainstream and social media are promising, promoting the trending movement advocating for body positivity and self-love, including being overweight. She suggests that's a bad idea and that it, it basically is contributing to the rise of overweight. To sum it up, she writes, the messages being delivered are discussing weight is bad and exercising is racist. She's talking here about some comments that were made and widely endorsed by Lizzo, uh, who is not a living advertisement for, uh, for exercise necessarily. Uh, can, can one say that? Well, I just did. While body positivity is undeniably important for one's mental health, the line has been blurred regarding the known detriments to physical health from being overweight. The key message should not be fat versus thin, Rather, the focus should be on lowering the risk of preventable chronic conditions associated with obesity, such as cardiovascular disease, diabetes, uh, joint problems, and cancer. Childhood obesity, she writes, in the United States is a serious health problem that cannot be fixed with a pill. It will take an all-hands-on-deck approach to create a healthier environment when the family, within the family for the long-term benefit of the child since kids who are overweight are more likely to be overweight through adulthood. While body positivity should be promoted, she writes, it must be taken into consideration 
people receiving and promoting proper information about the risks associated with being overweight. Uh, Nicole Shapir, a Safir MD, is an assistant professor at Memorial Sloan Kettering uh, Cancer Center and the Weill Cornell Medical College. Uh, look, the the idea that this is a matter of national concern, does this go together with the the notion of banning gas stoves? Because if you have fewer gas stoves, you will make less wholesome and appetizing food. Uh, it's it's not really clear that wholesome and appetizing food require gas stoves, but the idea that there is now serious conversation of the government getting involved in something that is so much a part of American families. Apparently, 40% of homes have uh, gas stoves right now, and the desire to try to ban them because of the uh, impact supposedly on respiratory diseases and other concerns about having gas stoves in your home uh, seems to me the kind of thing that uh, alienates people from government health programs. Meanwhile, speaking of a healthy government, uh, speaking of a healthy country, one of the things that a healthy country needs is a an honest approach to its own past. Uh, there is a brand new book. It is almost sure to be a bestseller, it seems to me. It's a fascinating book, and I disagree with most of it. <laughs> the book is called Myth. America. Historians take on the biggest legends and lies about our past. And this is a series of all-star historians, including a number of people who've been frequent guests on our show, like my friend Professor Akhil Reed Amar of Yale Law School. Uh, the uh, questions here, is America really exceptional? Did America really have a vanishing Indians? This is one that the left wing is going to be very unhappy about. In the book, they question the idea that Indians vanished, which means that, uh, no, there doesn't appear to have been organized genocide against Native Americans. But then again, they also think that it's a myth that the New Deal didn't work. Uh, then why is it that um, so many people in 1938... Uh, rejected the New Deal because of what would people call the Second Depression. We will get into that and much more about remembering the American past responsibly and in a fair and balanced manner. Also, the alarming report that the Palestinian Authority, through one of its press outlets, is accusing Israel of misusing cows to spy on Palestinians. Really? And uh, woke leaders at USC banned the word. Which word? We'll tell you in this greatest nation on God's green earth. 